Truth is universal, but what is really happening today is that a whole new wave of consciousness has come into this world, and it needs to be given a clarity of definition. This new age of Dwapara Yuga, it's a whole change in human consciousness. I don't mean the change will be absolute, no, it's still a materialistic age, but an age in which there is a lot more a feeling of sharing, a feeling of energy, a feeling of not so much forms as, as directions, a new way of looking at life. It's not so easy to do, let's say here in Palo Alto. We have a community that makes it much stronger. But living out there where everybody's got all kinds of ideas just floating around that are totally contrary to what you're trying to do, so that you end up feeling that you're doing a good thing if you help a little old lady across the street. There's so much more good to do than that, not that you shouldn't do that also. It should become a natural thing that you don't live for yourself. You don't matter, I don't matter, none of us is anything but a little grain of sand on this vast beach of reality. But a beautiful grain of sand even can shine. And if you make your life a shining life, you can change the world. Not you alone, perhaps, but as they say in India, one moon gives more light than all the stars, and one shining individual gives more light than all these other people who only go around thinking of themselves. And if you notice the people in your life who do shine, it's always those who think of being instruments for him, who pray to him constantly, who try to use his power, who understand that he's a factor in their lives, not something to be put on, a, on an altar or a shelf to be returned to on Sunday or something, but something that's constantly there. This is what our lives need to become. And when I meet people from Ananda, I see how many people shine with that light. That's much more important than anything else one can do. This is God's world, not yours and not mine. He has his own drama, and we're just there doing our little bit, but after we go, that power is still there. I know that this was a true dream to a certain extent. It may have been mixed. For instance, Dave, uh, ha, Manosh, First had Bengali brown skin. By the end of the dream, he had blonde skin and uh, blonde hair and uh, light skin. It was a dream in a way, but it was also true because I felt power in it. The power of God bringing this teaching into the world, changing the world, and ushering in a new era. This is what you and I are doing, and it's very exciting. We're part of a great adventure. A hundred years from now, people will look back and realize that this was what was happening, not the game between the giants and the... <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> Take courage. <laughs> Even if they lost. He's the real game going on, and he's trying to use us to bring this surge of mostly it'll be coming closer to the reality, closer to God. It's ironic that science, which is basically materialistic, 
has come a lot closer than religion as a, as a whole to seeing the unity of everything. Science is always discovering that underneath these apparent differences, there's one thing. Religion is concentrating too much on, this, on the differences. We believe in this, yes, yes, but we believe in this. Oh, but we, we actually think this is more, yeah, well, that's your problem. We, and so they go on fighting and fighting. I said to the Bishop of Assisi recently, when I was there last, that uh, he was saying that you have to accept Jesus Christ as your savior. I said, well, really, I think that's his business. My business is to love him. I can't say he's got to save me. That's his job. He said, well, that's an interesting way to look at it. <laughs> Who are we to say we're right? He's the one doing that. But when we understand this truth and bring him into our lives and let him guide us, we find that, yes, we can make mistakes. After all, the mind is fallible. You have a desire that something turn out this way or that way, and you sort of egg, egg God along, don't you? God, let it be so, but I hope it's going to be this. Right, right. His will isn't always your will. But you must work hard at making your will his will. You must work hard at only wanting his will to be done. So that even, mind you, to take a very worst case scenario, you have a, a child who's dying of cancer. Naturally, you're going to ask God for his life. But you must also pray, God, if it's your will. This is a hard thing for anyone to accept. There are certain things in life where it's very difficult to accept that God really does want this. It's only because your view is limited. Maybe he's had a short span because that's all he needed. Maybe he had something else to learn. You, if you can really have the faith that whatever God wants, I will use his power to the extent that I can to make that child well, but after that, always with non-attachment to it being my will that is done, you'll see that always in the end, his will turns out to be what uh, is right for you, for the others. And suffering is always a result of wishing that things were or had been other than they are. Once a person accepts, then he understands and he's grateful.